the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. It doesn't even exist as an empire at this point. Again, a very specific prophecy. The Bible is like no other book. There's no other book like the Bible. Only God knows the end from the beginning like this. And the great thing is, is we can search the scriptures for direction. We can, we can pray to the God who knows the end from the beginning, and he answers our prayers, and he gives us guidance and, and wisdom. The same God. Are you regularly studying the Word of God? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he shares with you that there is no other book like the living Word. Scriptures say the Bible is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Pastor Dan encourages you to be in it as much as you can. You serve a God who knows the end from the beginning. In His Word is wisdom and truth. God's Word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Walk daily with the Lord through its teachings. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 8 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So we're in this section of Daniel that is prophetic, that's prophecy. And here in chapter 8 now, uh, chapter 8, uh, from chapter 8 to the end of the book of Daniel is written in Hebrew, but shifts back now to Hebrew. Beginning in chapter 2, verse 4, to the end of chapter 7, that section was in Aramaic. And that section was in Aramaic because the emphasis in those chapters was on the, the Gentile nations that will rule over Israel during what the Bible calls the time of the Gentiles that we've talked about before, the time of the Gentiles. Remember, it began with the, the conquering of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, and the time of the Gentiles will continue on until the time of the Antichrist and the tribulation period. So we're living in the time of the Gentiles. Now we come to chapter 8, and the focus turns back to the people of Israel, back to the Jewish people. And so now in chapter 8, it's written in Hebrew, and the remainder of the book of Daniel is written in Hebrew. Uh, Verse 1 says, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me. To me, Daniel, almost sounds like he's shocked by it, after the one that appeared to me the first time, back in chapter 7. So he's going to describe to us this vision, this prophetic vision that he has here. And this vision Daniel received is a really, really remarkable prophecy for several reasons that I'm going to point out to you. Uh, It says that Daniel received this vision in the third year of the reign of Belshazzar. Belshazzar, remember, 
was the final king of the Babylonian Empire. He's the one who saw the writing on the wall. Uh, He's the last king that's conquered by the Medo-Persian Empire. So uh, historically, this would fall between chapters 4 and 5 in the book of Daniel. And in in this vision, this prophetic vision, Daniel sees a ram and a goat, and the goat defeats the ram. And if you look down in verses 20 and 21, we're told the interpretation of this vision. I just want to I want to cover this first so you understand where we're going here. So look down in verse 20. Uh, And here in verse 20, the angel Gabriel interprets Daniel's vision and tells us very plainly what the ram and goat represent. In verse 20, the ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. So the the ram represents the Medo-Persian empire. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. So the vision is about the Medo-Persian Empire and the Greek Empire. And I want you to note here in verses 20 and 21 that God names these empires by name. He tells us the names of these empires. I would say that's a pretty specific prophecy. It's not vague. We don't, we don't have to guess the, the meaning of this vision. We, we don't have to read it and say, I, I wonder what he's talking about with this ram and this goat. Could the goat be Tom Brady? Is it possibly talking about Tom Brady here? I don't know. He tells us that it's talking about the Medo-Persian empire and the Greek empire. Now look back at verse one. In verse one, Daniel received this vision In the third year of the reign of Belshazzar, he receives the vision while the Babylonians are in power. During the time of the Babylonian Empire, in the third year of Belshazzar, that was 551 B.C., if you're taking notes. So listen, listen. At the time that Daniel received this vision, there was no Medo-Persian Empire. There was no Greek Empire. They didn't exist yet. They weren't empires yet. Persia was a province in the Babylonian Empire called Elam. He's going to mention that here in the next verse. And the Greek Empire was just a city called Macedonia. It wasn't even the largest or most powerful city in Greece at this point. The Greek Empire under Alexander the Great will defeat the Medo-Persian Empire 200 years after Daniel received this vision. And yet God calls these empires by name before they existed as empires. And God, in this chapter, as we're going to see, he describes the Greek empire conquering the Medo-Persian empire before they exist. This is an amazing prophecy. You know, Romans chapter 4, verse 17 says, God calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's what he does here. He calls things that do not exist as though they did. But there's more. There's more to this prophecy. Look at verse 2. I saw in the vision, and, it's, and it so happened while I was looking, that I was in Shushan, the citadel, 
which is in the province, notice that the province of Elam, that's Persia, it's part of the Babylonian Empire here, just a province in Babylon at this point. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river, you lie, you lie. (laughs) So get this, in this vision, Daniel sees himself in the city of Shushan. It says in the citadel or in the fortress of Shushan, it's in the province of Elam, which is Persia, which will become the Persian Empire. But right now it's just a province. It's just a district in the Babylonian Empire. As Daniel writes this, the city of Shushan was about 200 to 250 miles east of Babylon, where Daniel lives. And here's the thing. Shushan will be the future capital of the Persian Empire, the Persian Empire that doesn't exist yet. He sees the capital city of a future empire that doesn't even exist. It's just a province, a district right now, currently in the Babylonian Empire. And so in this prophecy, God also gives the name of the capital of the Persian Empire before there's a Persian Empire, the capital city. And he mentions the river Ulai, which actually was a a 900 foot wide canal near the city of Shushan. Again, an amazing prophecy. He says in verse 3, Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and there, standing beside the river, was a ram, which had two horns, and the two horns were high. But one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. So this ram, we're already told down in verse 20, this ram represents the Medo-Persian Empire. We're told one has two horns, one horn is higher representing the Persian Empire, which was more powerful and the dominant part of the, Persian, of the Medo-Persian Empire, more powerful than the Medes. And then he goes on in verse 4, And I saw the ram pushing westward and northward and southward, so that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand, but he did according to his will and became Great. And here's the thing. The Medo-Persian Empire expanded their empire westward, northward, and southward in that order, historically. As the Medo-Persian Empire expanded their territory, they expanded westward first, then northward, then southward. God gives us the order of their military conquests and expansion as an empire. This is remarkable. It doesn't even exist as an empire at this point. Again, a very specific prophecy. The Bible is like no other book. There's no other book like the Bible. Only God knows the end from the beginning like this. And the great thing is, is we can search the scriptures for direction. We can can pray to the God who knows the end from the beginning, and he answers our prayers, and he gives us guidance and, and wisdom. The same God. Now, at the end of verse 4, it says, you know, that they expanded. uh, It says that, that, that no animal could withstand him, nor was there any that could deliver from his hand, but he did according to his will. He became great. If you remember last week in the vision in chapter 7, the Medo Persian Empire was represented by the bear, like a big grizzly bear was the Medo Persian Empire. Empire. And, and here we, we see, you know, just the power 
and the dominance of the Medo-Persian Empire. At the height of its power, the Medo-Persian Empire had, get this, 2.5 million soldiers deployed on the battlefield. 2.5 million soldiers deployed on the battlefield. The Medo-Persians would simply overwhelm opposing armies with just sheer numbers. And that's how they were able to expand and conquer territory. That's why it says no, no one could withstand them. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth Radio Ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. They just had so many men, so many soldiers. No one could withstand them. Verse 5 says, and as I was considering, he's looking at this vision, as I'm considering it, suddenly a male goat came, notice, from the west. It says, across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. So we, we know from verse 21, this is the Greek empire, and it's coming from the west, it's coming from Greece, going towards the Middle East to the Medo-Persian Empire, and it has one horn, the notable horn between the goat's eyes, we were told in verse 21, was its king. And we know that that's Alexander the Great, who was the king of the Greek Empire as it expanded and defeated the Medo-Persian Empire. Alexander the Great uh, was educated by the philosopher Aristotle. Uh, He became king of Macedonia when he was 20 years old, and he conquered all of the Mediterranean region and the Middle East in 12 years. And that's why he's described here as moving across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. It's speaking of the swiftness with which Alexander's army moved and conquered lands. They, they, they moved so quickly, it was like they weren't even touching the ground. And again, this is written 200 years before Alexander the Great's even born. And it's describing his conquest and the swiftness of his army. It says in verse 6, Then he came to the ram that had two horns, the Medo-Persians, which I had seen standing beside the river, and ran at him with furious power, And I saw him confronting the ram. He was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram, and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him. And there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. So it's describing the defeat of the Medo-Persian Empire, the Medo-Persian army by Alexander the Great and the Greek Empire. Now, the Medo-Persian army, I just told you that it had 2.5 million soldiers. And when 
the Medo-Persians and the Greeks went to battle against each other that's being described here in these verses, the Medo-Persian army outnumbered the Greek army five soldiers to one. And Alexander the Great recognized that he was outnumbered and that if he went into a, you know, just a toe-to-toe battle with the Medo-Persians, that he would lose. And so what Alexander the Great did is when the two armies lined up on the battlefield, as they were advancing towards each other and as Alexander's army approached the Medo-Persian army, Alexander ordered his entire army to quickly shift to the right and move and march to the right as fast as possible. Some of you may remember back in the 1970s and 1980s, the Dallas Cowboys had something called the Landry Shift, where the whole offense in unison would stand up and shift positions, and it would confuse the defense. Well, Alexander the Great kind of does a Landry shift on the battlefield as they're coming up against the Medo-Persians. Right as they're advancing, he shifts his whole army to the right. It confused the Medo-Persians. They, they weren't sure what to do. Some of the Medo-Persian army shifted in the direction of the Greek army. Some of them didn't shift, and it created gaps. It broke apart the Medo-Persian line, which allowed... Alexander the Great, with his army and the swiftness of his army to rush into those gaps in the line and defied the Medo-Persians and defeat them. It's it's considered just like this brilliant military strategy. And that's what's described here in verse 7, that he cast him down to the ground, he trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore, the male goat, that would be Alexander the Great, grew very great with his army. But when he became strong, the large horn, Alexander the Great, was broken. And in place of its four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. Alexander, at the peak of his power, he dies unexpectedly at the age of 32. He's conquered the whole Mediterranean world. And he dies at 32. And then his empire was divided among his four generals. That's what's described here in verse 4. The four notable ones that came up in his place. Now, it took Alexander 12 years to conquer the Mediterranean world and the Middle East. It took his four generals 22 years to divide up the kingdom. I guess that's just government efficiency for you there. Uh, 22 years to divide up what took 12 years to conquer. Now, Alexander the, the Great is important for us because he helped prepare the world for the coming of Jesus Christ and the spreading of the gospel. How so? Well, after Alexander the Great conquered all of that territory, he Hellenized it. What does that mean? He spread Greek culture intentionally, and most importantly, he spread the Greek language throughout his empire. And so Greek became the common language of all the people in that day that everyone spoke. Much like English is today, most places you go in the world, you encounter people that speak English. And so when you come to the New Testament times, the New Testament is, was written originally in Greek. 
because that was the language of all the people, thanks to Alexander the Great. And so for the first time in human history, there was like this common language, really since the Tower of Babel. There's this common language that everybody speaks. And so the New Testament was written in that common language of the people. It was written in Greek. But Alexander the Great is the one who made that happen. Uh, and then after the Greek Empire, you have the Roman Empire. come. They come to power. And the Romans, they brought uh, stability. Uh, they, they brought peace uh, throughout their empire. And the Romans built roads connecting their entire empire making it easy to travel throughout the Roman Empire and spread the gospel message. So between the Greek Empire and the Roman Empire, God used those two empires really for the spreading of the gospel message. So now look at verse 9. After Alexander's death, the Greek Empire is divided among the four generals. And now we're told out of one of them came a little horn which grew exceedingly toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. That would be the land of Israel. And so now there's this little horn that comes out of the four division of the, 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 the division of the Greek empire. Now, this is not the little horn from chapter 7. Remember, the little horn in chapter 7 came out of 10 horns or 10 nations. This one comes out of four horns, the four horns of the Greek empire. So this is a different little horn. Okay, so keep them straight. <laughs> it's not the little horn of chapter 7. Now, this little horn, sounds like this little piggy, but this little horn is referring to a guy, a person, uh, named uh, an, an Antiochus Epiphanes, Antiochus Epiphanes, who became a, a ruler in the 2nd century B.C. So we're talking just, you know, a... a 160 years before the birth of Christ, 170 years before the birth of Christ. Antiochus Epiphanes, he's this little horn in chapter 8, and he became a ruler in that area. He expanded, he was in Syria, he expanded south and east into the land of Israel. He became the ruler over the land of Israel, and Antiochus was one of the cruelest rulers in all of history, and he persecuted the Jewish people that were living in Israel. And he did something that no previous ruler had ever done before to the Jewish people. He made it, listen, he made it illegal for the Jewish people to practice their religion. Uh, all, the, all the previous rulers that came before him, they, they just kind of, you know, let the Jewish people do their own thing when it came to their religion uh, the previous rulers allowed them to do whatever they wanted. They could have their temple, they could have their priests, they could have their sacrifices, they could have their feasts and their celebrations and, and, and keep all of their, their you know, Levitical laws and, and, and all of that. But Antiochus makes it illegal, and he required the Jewish people to worship the Greek gods. So he, he really wanted to Hellenize them in every way. He wanted to make them Greek in every way. And he recognized that, that Jewish life centered around the worship of Yahweh, of their God, and their temple, and their priesthood, and their sacrifices, and their law, and their customs. And so he made all of those things illegal. He asked me how I know, and 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Daniel. Regardless of the various leaders that Daniel finds himself under, it's obvious through Daniel's accounts that God is higher and greater than any earthly king. He alone holds the dominion and power that others so often strive to attain. Daniel never lost sight of this, and it was only confirmed time and time again as God came through in unlikely situations. If today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study, and we'd love to meet you. Visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions and service times. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Daniel next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know his voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.